I need to know everything. Who and the what and the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but act like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you'd be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk. So I'm letting Yeah, buddy. We made it to the start of the NFL season. 24 hours from now, the Kansas City Chiefs will be playing the Detroit Lions in Arrowhead, and the 2023-24 season will be kicked off. And that means everybody's got to start getting their fantasy lineups in. Trevor, how pumped are you for this day? I feel, it feels like Christmas is tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, celebrating a red Wednesday all day long. Man, it, it's it's awesome that the NFL season is kicking off. It's even more awesome that it's the Chiefs, you know, hanging the banner in Arrowhead, hosting that yeah, first buddy. game again, uh, first time in, in just a couple of years, actually, uh, for anybody who forgot that they've now won it two times in the last four. So, yeah, just <laughs> awesome time. I was uh, talking to my wife before the show. I'm like, man, I'm so pumped for tonight. She was like, <laughs> why? Like, what's different? You do this every Wednesday. It's like, no, this one's different. Because now we're here to talk about just this week. It's no more projections on yearly long quarterback <laughs> rankings, any of that. It's, all right, what are we going to do this week? Where are we going to yeah, go? Right. Who's going to be the play? Uh, so super pumped about that, man. No, absolutely, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Uh, obviously, you're you're tuning in with another Dan Fantasy Podcast brought to you by Bite Size Sports. I'm Dan, and Trevor is here. Tonight, we'll obviously get into the season. So there's a lot of news and injuries that we want to cover for you guys. Make sure everybody's squared away before we get into the weekend, including some injuries for tomorrow night's game. We'll go into starts and sits, kind of walk through that thing. Um, some daily fantasy. We'll talk about some streams at some different positions. And, of course, we'll get to some fan questions, which was a lot of cool seeing all the responses there. Any of you guys who are tuning in for the stream tonight, don't be afraid to drop those questions in because we're going to make sure that we're answering those for you as we continue to move through it. And this will kind of be a format for us the rest of the season. So get used to coming here, getting your start and sit information, getting those hidden gems and nuggets that Trevor and I are going to pull out for you guys. And um, if anything you can always reach out to us on social media or join our Discord where we're going to be answering fan questions all year long. I know we're going to be popping those links just about everywhere um, in the chats and on social media. So tag along with us and, and just kind of experience 2023-24 fantasy football with Trevor and I. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. You know, last last year was like our rookie year together, right? Yeah. It was kind of uh, – our first year running the show had a great time, uh, but now we're 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 professionals. No, <laughs> no, but we are uh, we're definitely a little bit more veterans, and and we're ready to go, and we're ready to provide it in more spaces than just right here on YouTube. Or if you listen to the audio on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we appreciate it no matter how you get our content. Uh, but definitely on Twitter. Come join the Discord. We had a couple questions in the Discord today. I was able to answer them immediately. And we can still bring those questions to the table tonight. But on Discord, I can just instantly respond to you. Uh, so make sure you are joining the Discord and, and definitely joining the ADP channel once you get to the Discord. I will drop it in the chat here momentarily. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm excited to dive into some of these injuries. I know there's a lot that we've kind of 
covered leading up to this point. We do have some important updates as we kind of move through this. And, you know, really it's starting with the Denver Broncos is where we're going to start it. Anyway, uh, Jerry Judy, wide receiver. We know he tweaked that hamstring earlier in the offseason. There were reports that we weren't sure what was going to happen to him, how many games he was going to end up missing as we kind of head headed towards the start of the season. And unfortunately, he, he is in a questionable status right now. But the fortunate side is we really thought he was going to miss a few more games. Yeah, it, it it he misses the IR, which was really good right at the very beginning right. of this of the uh, of the season. We were kind of worried about that. I'll blow this up a little bit bigger. Uh, this is Chris Thomason. He is a writer for the Denver Gazette, and I mean, obviously, this is yesterday. He doesn't practice. Remains in question with a hamstring injury. For me, it kind of feels like Jerry Judy's probably not going to be on the field this week. But as you mentioned, like. I think we're going to avoid him being out for four to six weeks. I think it's truly going to be, you know, maybe week two or week three before we see him. Uh, but this this gives us a glimmer of hope, I think, uh, just to, to know that he's not on that IR. He didn't hit that uh, PUP list, anything like that at the beginning of the season. Absolutely. And I think what this means for folks that are holding on to Cor Cortland Sutton or Marvin Mims or even Greg Dulcich really is you might see an, a nice little uptick in targets as they face the Oakland or I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders, kind of a shaky, shaky team for them to go up against week one a defense that has its fair share of holes. Um, so I think, you know, that could be a good, a good way for you to work those guys in the lineup early. Um, but once Jerry Judy comes back, you know, definitely temper expectations for the, those other guys because Judy was the number one guy last year, even with those other guys on the field, excluding Mims, of course. Uh, the, the last thing I'll say on Jerry Judy for, from my standpoint is we'll talk about hamstrings a little bit more here with, with the next one as well. <laughs> but hamstrings definitely worry me uh, a little bit, especially with wide receivers. It just seems like they always are there. Um, so go check out, see if Marvin Mims might be on your waivers. If so, great addition just to throw at your end of, end of your bench. Not somebody you're necessarily looking to start this week, but, but throw them at the end of your bench, see what happens. And if you can get a, a good week or two out of Jerry Judy, um, I'm going to be looking to sell high mid-season. Um, let's just keep on the hamstring train. <laughs> Hey, unfortunately, we do have to stay on it. Um, and really, this goes to a guy that most of you, if you drafted him, he's probably a top five, top six pick in your in your fantasy drafts. Cooper Cup, Los Angeles Rams tweaked that hammy as well. We, I mean, they kind of downplayed it when it first initially happened. And then we got some surprise news about a week and a half ago. He was going to see a specialist in Minnesota, and now he's ruled out week one, so you can officially place him on the bench to start your season. Um, but at the same time, Sean McVay didn't necessarily rule out a stint on the IR either, which definitely gives me some concern. Yeah, injures it earlier in the offseason, comes back, and then re-aggravates it. Uh, exactly what I'm talking about with like a Jerry Judy these, these hamstring with, with wide receivers, it just never seems to go away. Uh, a stint on the IR for for Cooper Cup, to me, if I have him, I, I'm not 
totally upset. You know, maybe he gets back and he's actually healthy for the second half of the season. But I I don't know. My for me, best case scenario, that's what he's at the end of the season. He's playing. He's healthy. He helps you in a playoff run. Worst case scenario, we don't see Cooper Cup again. I mean, I yeah. think he'll try it, but I don't know if we'll ever see the Cooper Cup again uh, just because of his age and these hamstrings. They really do linger. Where's your panic meter on Cooper Cup right now? I'll tell you my panic meter is somebody who took him in one of my drafts this year. Prior, we had a super early draft in this league prior to all of the hamstring mess that came out. Um, luckily for me, I take a heavy wide receiver approach and I'm still panicked. Um, you know, with everything you've mentioned about the hamstring and the way that those linger on for players throughout a season, I mean, there's, that's, there's a hundred percent truth to that. And with Cooper cup having previous injuries, he's on the other side of 30. Now, um, there's all of those different pieces that tend to play a factor in how well he's going to recover from this i mean um correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure adam thielen is one of the first receivers that comes to mind that suffered an injury um and then when he came back he just never was the same he kind of seemed like he lost a step a little bit um now cooper cup is definitely a route technician and maybe there's a chance he comes back and has more of a julian edelman approach where he tore his acl because i feel like those those guys played similar slot positions and had those similar injuries. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's just really no telling. And, and for me personally, you know, I'm having to rely on shifting my guys up. So it's more Christian Kirk going to be more DJ more than I was really anticipating. Luckily I had a good, good turn with that, but that wasn't the case for every draft. And, you know, that's really a big reason why we tell everybody is sort of, um, if you play in multiple leagues, diversify your portfolio a little bit. Don't rely on all of those same players so you don't have cascade reactions. And that was a lot of what my strategy was coming into the season. And yeah, I mean, as far as panic goes, if I'm putting on a scale of one to 10, I'm feeling like a seven and a half. Yeah, I've got Cooper Cup and uh, probably my best dynasty team. Uh, first place two years ago, fourth place last year, had a chance to the chance and just missed the championship game without Cooper cup last year. And, um, I I'm, I'm like, I'm at the point where I almost want to just see what I can get out of him. Yeah. And let somebody else hold the bag in in a dynasty league. But yeah, definitely, definitely panicked on Cooper cup for this season. Only I'm up to a seven out of 10, somewhere in that range. Just not really. It doesn't seem like a good situation for Cooper cup. And, um, unfortunately you can't really do much about it right now, except put him on your IR spot. Hopefully yep. your league uses it and, uh, just kind of monitor it as, as you go. Yep. And look at some of those other Rams receivers to pick up. I know Skoranek's going to be a guy who really stepped up in cups absence last year. That might be worth targeting. And then Van Jefferson, who was hurt for most of last season. Definitely. I think his stock goes up with this injury. <clears throat> Moving it over to the Miami Dolphins running back situation, Devon A. Chain, we saw the shoulder injury. He's back at practice, luckily. Um, you know, got a, I think he has a questionable tag on his name for this week. And then Jeff Wilson, a surprise IR slotting. I don't know about you. Maybe I just wasn't 
paying attention close enough to the Miami running back situation, but I had no idea that there was any chance Jeff Wilson was going to end up on IR. Uh, I wasn't really expecting an IR stint here for Jeff Wilson. Uh, I, I didn't mind it. It felt it felt very um, warm in a sense of like, okay, now I know who to play, right? Like, yeah, because you put Jeff Wilson in the mix, you you don't know who to play week to week. It, it did feel good. Uh, I'll definitely be talking about Raheem Moser today, but this Devin A. Chain man, he has been injured all year, all off season or preseason. But then he like comes right back to practice the next day, and then he gets injured, and then he comes back to practice. I'm like, it reminds me of the sniff snap from the office. He's, and I'm just like, I don't know, is this guy going to be injured all the time, or never injured? Man, it's a, uh, it's weird. I know that he's very small in stature, so I wonder if that has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I can't wait to see a healthy Devin A. Chain on the field this week and see that speed and. Uh, yeah, I think once Jeff Wilson's back, it'll kind of murky the waters just a little bit. We'll see how the first four to six weeks go for the Miami Dolphins. For now, it's Moster, it's A-Chain, and I think that we're going to be happy with either one of them over the next couple of weeks. No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you there. A-Chain was really a guy that you and I were both high on coming into this season, and Mostert, I think, had the best season out of the three last year. So you know that he can put up those numbers and – if you end up stashing him in the later rounds or a chain in the later rounds, I think you've got a solid player on your hands for the long haul uh, during the season, because we know with Mike McDaniel and Shanahan offenses, those running backs just churn out points <laughs> left and right. seems like you and I could put up 15 a week if we, they put us in the backfield. So <laughs> they just draw things up in a different way. Keeping it in the same vein with running backs, Brees Hall, obviously coming back from the knee. Ian Rappaport put up a tweet here saying that he will be playing week one. So I think the question everyone wants to know is who are you going to start? Are you going to put Brees Hall in the lineup? Are you going to lean towards Dalvin Cook with this one? If I had Brees Hall, I mean, I feel like I have to start him. You drafted him to be a starting running back on your team. I will have low expectations for him, as you see here. Um, the team will be smart with Hall and his return. I do I do believe that. I think that's one of the reasons why they went out and got a guy like Dalvin Cook, so they could be smart with Brees Hall in his return. But, yeah, I mean, unless I just went really heavy running back or just found some, some studs, uh, maybe I have Raheem Mostert. I'm not saying to start Mostert over Hall, but if I feel good about it, I, maybe I just go that route knowing that, Raheem Mostert's going to get all the run in Miami and Brees Hall is going to get like 30% of the run in, in New York this week. So, um, and they're playing the bills, right? It's the bills jets on Monday night football, right? I got that. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's right. So that's correct. Not like it's an easy, you know, defense to run up against here, right. but it, it would be really hard to not play Brees Hall this week, but it's going to feel gross. And I, and I'm just like, lower your expectations. Don't yeah. expect to go out and get a barn burner type of game from Brees Hall. You put him in your lineup. You close your eyes. You, you know, close your nose and hope. <laughs> hopefully, you wake up on Tuesday morning. He's giving you twelve points um, and doesn't lose the week for you. Absolutely. Now there is some tight end uncertainty kind of going into Week One, and with a position that's already so thin, I know there were some questions that were asked by listeners here. Um, 
but you know, Mark Andrews, he's got his own little quad injury that he's kind of dealing with. We know George Kittle's got the groin. He missed a practice on Monday. What do you make of the tight end situation kind of going into week one without mentioning the elephant in the room, of course? <laughs> um, it's it's weird because, you know, you go to like a rankings or something on like an ESPN and, and like five of the top six have a Q beside their name. Um, <laughs> it's going to be gross. It's going to be a gross week in, in, in with tight ends. And I think, you know, let's be honest, tight ends have been gross forever. It was their gross all of last year. And um, if nothing else, if a couple of these guys don't play, I kind of just think it evens the playing field in a sense of like it, it takes away any positional advantage you may have had. And yeah. it might leave now one or two teams in your league with the positional advantage at tight end. And so the rest of you are, are just even playing field. That's kind of the way I see it. Maybe you play against, you know, Mark Andrews. Well, now you might be, you know, kind of the guy behind this week. But if you can avoid a, a Mark Andrews or a, a, it looks like Hawkinson's going to play. So if you can avoid a Hawkinson, maybe you feel a lot better because now you're, you know, maybe you're facing Goddard or Pitts or somebody. You don't feel that bad about it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's kind of the way I see it. It's like it just really muddies the water for tight ends and it just kind of evens the playing field a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, finally, we'll touch on uh, the probably the best offensive player outside of Patrick Mahomes playing in the Thursday night football game, and it's Travis Kelsey. He had a knee issue flare up this week, and um, they termed it a bone bruise. We saw every doctor under the sun coming out with their own report on what it could be from bone bruise all the way up to, you know, potential ACL tears with that hyperextended knee. Uh, fortunately for us, Adam Schefter came out, says bone bruise to the knee. <clears throat> He's been, he was limited the day he hurt, got hurt. And then, you know, we're not sure exactly what's going to happen for him for Thursday night's game. They slapped a questionable tag on him um, as per Schefter. And, you know, really, I think with Andy Reid's track record and how he tends to handle injuries, especially with marquee players, we're probably going to take a safe route. I'd say best case scenario, he's on a pitch count and plays like 20% of the snaps. Um, what's most likely going to going to happen is he's going to be out on the sideline in a hoodie and some shorts. You know what I mean? Like just not, not going to get into yeah. field time. Um, and we're, I mean, the Chiefs have plans for a very long season. We've played until the AFC Championship every year for the last five years of Travis Kelsey's career. Um, so they're going to want to do everything they can to maintain him in that in that instance. And as a Chiefs fan, I totally understand it. As a fantasy football player, I would be a little bit protruded about <laughs> this situation because you probably took Kelsey in the first round. Um, yeah. Which makes this a really tough scenario for you as you kind of navigate the waters of week one. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much more I can say. Hopefully you just have a good insurance policy on your bench for, for a player you spent so much capital on. Yeah, I definitely have like, was it Keenan Allen fives? Like Keenan Allen, it said like play me or something. I'm playing. And he's and he he wasn't out of the game, but then he never touched the field. 
it was like two or three years ago. That's the kind of vibes I'm getting right now is like he might Travis Kelsey might start or he might be suited up. And so he doesn't have the out, you know, and so now you feel like you've got to start him and then he doesn't play at all. Um, So, yeah, I I think, you know, honestly, I got to trust the Chiefs. I got to trust this team. And if Kelsey is playing in the game without reports of like, hey, he's playing, but he's going to be limited. Like he's not going to play any snaps, even if he's limited, but he's not going to play any snaps. Then I got to play him. I'm going to put him in my lineup. Uh, The nice thing is if he is out, it's a Thursday night game. Throw him in your IR spot. Pick up another tight end for later on in the week. Uh, Does give you a little bit of that flexibility. They're not playing like a Monday night game to where now you're you're really screwed um, there. But that's kind of the way I would handle him right now is check the news tomorrow. See if there's any type of news coming out from him being not playing at all. Um, But if if he's limited – I'm not that worried about. It. I'll probably still play him because, quite frankly, limited could be he comes in in the red zone and scores a touchdown or two. Right. He just doesn't run a long route, right? So he just comes in and catches catch a couple touchdowns. That could absolutely happen um, for Kelsey this week. And I think that really just takes us right into our start-sit questions. And if you are here in the chat, please throw in your start-sit questions. I know some of you have already done that um, thus far. We'll definitely get to a couple of those here. Uh, but throw them in there. Let us know what your start sit questions are. And really just the first one off the top comes right from this tight end situation from at Ryan minor underscore FFB on Twitter with somebody tight end question, questionable, what tight ends are you switching to? So I guess he's kind of looking at what tight ends might be available that we should be looking at. If George Kittle doesn't play, if Travis Kelsey doesn't play, um, if Mark Andrews has a has a slip up this week, those kind of things. So I'll let you uh, go first on this one. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm happy to. So, I mean, I got to go back to old faithful. If I'm looking at anybody in particular, and I think you know where I'm going to go with it, it's my man Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett yes, and the L.A. Chargers. They're playing the Miami Dolphins. I know we're going to talk a lot of Chargers and Dolphins this oh, yeah. week on the Love show with our players that we've picked. There's going to be some big points getting put up in that game, big points. And I see a lot of potential for Gerald Everett to sort of ball out. Obviously I'm not going to be naming any other tight ends that are like for sure getting drafted in your league. So I'm going to talk more about guys that maybe got drafted as a tight end too, or some waiver options. Um, Sam Laporta with the Detroit lions is a guy that I'm looking at. I know I'll probably be talking about him a little bit later, and then, um, you know, outside of that, I mean, if you're just looking for a guy that you can plug in for this week, that's most likely available on your waivers. Look at those rookie tight ends for the Cowboys and the Packers. Maybe you can snag one of those yeah. guys for those games too. I, I like the Ferguson call for sure. Um, I think he's he's clear cut number one tight end there. Well, we just don't know how much he's gonna they're gonna use him yet. But I do like that Ferguson call if you need to go real deep in it. Um, I have Tyler Higby written down as well. Just uh, a guy who probably wasn't drafted in every single league. I uh, didn't really check his uh, percentage rostered on ESPN or anything, but check and see if he's out there available. And then I also put down Sam Laporta in this game tomorrow night. Look, 52 and a half points, man. There's going to be plenty of points scored. I, 
I won't be surprised if the Lions put up 31 points tomorrow night. No Chris Jones yeah. in the middle. A younger defense still. Like the Chiefs defense is not anything to write home about right now. So I'm right. um, not saying that they're going to beat them. I think Mahomes could <laughs> – the, the Lions defense is way worse than, than the Chiefs defense. So <laughs> I'm not worried about the Chiefs uh, outscoring them. But the point is there's going to be a shit ton of points scored tomorrow night in my yeah. opinion. So – if you can get one of the healthy guys on that team in Sam Laporta uh, to play instead of Travis Kelsey, like, hey, you you know right now what you what you need the rest of the week. So I don't yeah. mind that um, going that route at all. And I think it's important to note too, in regards to Sam Laporta, that Legarius Sneed is also questionable for the game tomorrow night. Who is arguably the second best player on the defense? Um, he's easily top three with Nick Bolton kind of mixing in there as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, he plays a lot of nickel sets. He does cover a lot of tight ends in those scenarios too. And so those are all things that are going to be impactful for, you know, what Laporte is going to be able to do. So, yeah, 100% agree with you there on Higby as well. I think Higby is going to be a big recipient of that Cooper Cup injury, and that was something I didn't really touch on earlier, but that's a great point. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's get one of them from the chat here uh, before we keep keep on the show sheet. New Brockney, welcome back, my friend. Says Burrow or Fields this week, and then pick two for flex: Deion Jackson, DeAndre Swift, and Sky Moore. Um, I'll go. I mean, it's Fields for me this week. Burrow with that calf injury still definitely. Has has me a little bit worried this week. I think it lowers his rushing floor quite a bit. Plus, you don't want to see um, that that kind of flare up any this weekend. So, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Fields at home with that one, and then I'm going Swift and Sky Moore. Uh, if I can avoid this Colts backfield for right now, that's uh, that. It's more about that than anything to me. Um, and I know you'll talk about Sky Moore later on, but it's Swift and Sky Moore for me. What, what no. do you think? I think, you know, I'm, I'll be, I'll just be contrarian on the quarterback here. Um, I'm going to go with Burrow in my scenario, divisional game against the Cleveland Browns. Obviously he has that lingering ankle injury, but he was present at practice this week, full participant today, even um, he's throwing to Jamar Chase and T Higgins. I don't know that there's anything else that you would Those need guys are in good. that scenario. They're, they're, they're fine. You know, they're not bad. Um, so I feel really good about putting Burrow in your lineup. Obviously, Fields has the major rushing upside here, and I'm interested to see what he's going to do with those weapons, but I would just go for week one, a tried-and-true option at quarterback with Burrow. Um, and then as far as the flex go, I'm, I'm on the same page as you because tell you the truth in Indy, I think it's going to be more Evan Hull than Deion Jackson when it's all said and done. And we still don't know the status of Zach Moss, who I think would trump both of those guys in a running scenario. Um, So I'm not sure about Jackson. I'd just leave him off. DeAndre Swift, I'm a big fan of him this year. And then, yep, I'll definitely talk about Sky more more later. But but definitely if Kelsey's going to be out, you know, that just ups his potential. So Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, in standard scoring, so I assume this is non-PPR. That's what I take standard scoring as, although PPR should be the standard scoring, let's be honest. Um, in standard scoring, Waddle, Mostert, or Dotson, you get to start two of them. That comes from at Pope underscore Corn on Twitter. Uh, I'll let you go first on this one. 
Yeah, so I'm definitely going Jalen Waddle. I don't think there's any scenario yeah. where I don't plug him in out you of just these drafted guys. in the second round or the third round. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way. And if and if you didn't, you probably got him in like the fourth or fifth, and you got lucky, in my opinion. Yep. To get him there. Um after that, it's really tough to decide between Raheem Mostert and Jahan Dotson for me. Obviously, with Mostert getting the majority of the touches there in Miami, <laughs> you'll have to excuse my dogs if you can hear them. Um, getting ready the- for tomorrow, man. I know Just they're all hyped. Up. Um, but Jahan Dotson, I, depending on the status of Terry McLaurin, I do really like him as well going against that weak Cardinals defense. Yeah, if this is if this is truly a non PPR, I'm gonna go Moster just strictly off of touchdown chance and the the amount of touches I think he could potentially get against the that Chargers defense. Um, if it was PPR, I would flip him. Like that's truly where I'm sitting at between Moster versus Dotson. Um, if it's a non PPR, go Moster. If it's PPR, I'm going Dotson all day. All right, we have two questions that are, are kind of similar here um, around Bateman and Mooney. The first one is, what are your thoughts on Bateman and Mooney in week one and beyond? That comes from at DBD Fantasy FB, Death by Dynasty Pod. Um, so what are your thoughts on Bateman versus Mooney this week and, and beyond, I guess? <laughs> so for... Bateman obviously is coming off that season long injury. You'll see my thoughts on the Ravens wide receivers a little bit later. So I won't dive too deep into that for, for week one, but long-term I think there's potential there for him to become that receiver that everyone thought he was going to be in his first couple seasons. Zay flowers, I think threatens that a little bit. He's gotten a lot of hype in training camp and preseason, but um you know, if you got him super late and you're stashing him and he ends up being, you know, this hidden gem, I think you're in a good place. And Darnell Mooney, I'm really high on him. He was a thousand yard receiver last year with Justin Fields, who really didn't come into his own until the back half of the season. And he's just a big play machine. So I definitely see DJ Moore getting the bulk of the targets and everything in that Chicago offense as they pass the ball. But Darnell Mooney is going to be that guy that pops off for big plays and is going to be that perfect bi-week fill-in guy. I don't think he's going to be a regular starter unless you're in like a two-flex league and it's really deep. But um, for Darnell Mooney, I mean, relying on him for the bi-weeks as Chicago navigates an easy NFC schedule, I mean, he's going to be due for some big games. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I think my hardest part about Mooney is going to be, I think he's going to be a little hit or miss. Right, he's going to be very like Tyler Lockett-esque where he might have three or four good games and he might disappear for four to five weeks. So that's, but you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta throw some upside in there um, a little bit. Uh, What I'm going to go is I'm going to go with Mooney over Bateman for week one. I just don't think that Bateman coming off that injury this preseason, I don't expect a whole lot out of him this week. So I'd rather just go Mooney over Bateman just for this week. But season long, I definitely like Bateman more. I think he could be potentially be more consistent than, than Darnell Mooney. But I would look elsewhere. So the answer to the next question for me uh, is pretty easy. So the next question is just throw, throw Traylon Burks in the middle of this, right? 
Um, so who would you start, Burks, Mooney, or Bateman? And again, this week, I would rather look elsewhere than Mooney or Bateman, so I'm going Traylon Burks. Dan, are you going the same place with uh, Burks versus Mooney and Bateman, or are you going to take one of the other two guys? Man, I got to tell you, it's it's hard for me to be in to be in a position to start any of these guys. I think um, you know that would that'd be something that'd be really difficult for me to sort of navigate. I'm with you on Bateman, going to leave him on the bench for sure. I do like Burks slightly over Mooney, um, just because I think there's a potential for him to to get maybe more of that target share than what Mooney's going to get in Chicago, but. This one's really tough for me between those two guys. Uh, that last question, by the way, did come straight from our Discord. So, again, join the Discord if you haven't already. The uh, link is above. Let's get to some of these listener questions in the chat tonight. What's the reason? This is not a start to the question, but a little bit of DFS. Not that I would be playing the Broncos. Anyways, what's the reasoning behind Sean Payton being so hard on Russell Wilson? Scary for me to touch any Broncos on DFS. Um, I don't trust the Broncos anyways right now. I just want to see it happen. Like I would not be playing these guys in DFS this week uh, unless you're playing in a massive, massive tournament and you just want to get really, really weird. Um, (laughs) But the Sean Payton thing, I mean, Russ, look, Russ was bad last year. He can blame Nathaniel Hackett all he wants, but he was bad last year. So uh, he he can't be bad again or, or Sean Payton will just move on from him, I think. Yeah, he was bad and corny. So yeah. I think Sean Payton's just tired of it. And just, I want to see you play some ball, guy, man. Yeah, he's like, stop doing these videos and let's ride and let's ball instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, Tyler says, Tua or Watson? I have Tyreek Hill and Amari Cooper starting. So you got Tyreek, you got Cooper. Which one of the two are you stacking up the quarterback with this week? That's a conundrum, man. I yeah. I know the Browns are playing the Bengals. I like the Dolphins and Chargers game a little bit better, in my opinion. I think I would go with Tua here. Um, I, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of points put up and in that game, a lot of opportunities for Tua to connect with Tyreek Hill there. Um, I do know J.C. Jackson is healthy for that chargers defense. And that could be something where he's probably lining up across from Tyree kill a little bit more, but I mean, those two are going to connect at the end of the day. There's not going to be anything stopping Tyree kill from catching his six to seven passes in that game. And then with Deshaun Watson, there was a little bit of a, you know, readjustment period for him last year. Um, Obviously with Tua, everyone's worried about the concussion thing, but I'm rolling with Tua here. If I'm, if I'm him, um, just rolling with that stack in Miami. I think it maybe can bear a little more fruit. Yeah, Bears, Bengals, nope. Browns, Bengals. You got the you got the divisional you know rivalry going on. Forty seven and a half total. Uh, where's the other one? Miami, Los Angeles, in the nice warm LA weather. Fifty and a half total. I, I just I could see the over hitting in this game. The defenses. The offenses are great. The defenses, you know, can be had a little bit here and there. So uh, I, I'm not expecting a, a Baltimore-Miami week two from last year, but I do think there's going to be a little bit more scoring in this game, whereas I think the the Browns-Bengals, 
Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb could could touch the ball 30 times a piece. Yeah. And just not, you know, it could end up 14 to 10. Milk and Deshaun Watson has nothing. So I'm gonna go Tua as well this week in this uh this matchup or this scenario. Cam Akers or David Montgomery. Cam Akers in that same LA game. No, LA Rams versus the Seattle Seahawks are in Seattle. And then Montgomery tomorrow night against the Chiefs. What are you thinking here? Man, that's tough. It's really similar to another question that we got from Taylor C on on Instagram where he asked, um, I have both of the Lions running backs. Should I start both in a two-flex league? So really, I think it's this might be a good opportunity to answer both of those questions. Um, Cam Akers or Montgomery? I just... I was not big on Cam Akers coming into the season, to tell you the truth. But with Cooper Cup being out, I think maybe they rely on the running game a little bit more. Maybe they rely on some dump-offs, get him involved that way a little bit more. I know Montgomery has a favorable matchup with the Kansas City's defense, but he is splitting touches a little bit more than what Cam Akers is going to be doing in L.A. So I'm riding with Cam Akers on that one. As far as the two-flex league question... That is super interesting. He did give me some context where the other options there were A.J. Dillon, Antonio Gibson, and uh, Jalen Warren. So in a two-flex league, are you starting both of those lines running backs over those other three guys? Man, I don't think so. I think I'm rather going... If it's a if it's PPR, I, I, I think I'm probably gonna ride with Gibson against the, the Cardinals um in this Washington team. Yep. <clears throat> if it isn't, then I think it's kind of a toss-up between AJ Dillon and David Montgomery. Um for me, it's 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 Jameer Gibbs for sure. Definitely yep. putting him in the flex this week. He's the uh, firm. With, yeah, like I have no questions about him. Uh for Tyler's question, I, I am acres over Montgomery. I am gonna talk about acres here in a little bit, so stick around. Uh, for, for my thoughts on Cam Akers. But, yeah, I, I think that I would definitely rather look elsewhere. And, and now knowing the other guys that he has, I'm probably leaning a Gibson or an A.J. AJ Dillon. Not because I think that in a vacuum they're a better play than David Montgomery. But if you're playing David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, like I, I do feel like you are kind of lowering your ceiling for a week. Like yep. they could – both come out and get 12 points, uh, great. But you kind of want one of them to go off, right? You want one of them to score the touchdown and get the the six catches. And, and for me, that's right. that's Jameer Gibbs. It's not going to be David Montgomery. Um, I don't think you're going to get six catches and a touchdown from Gibbs and then three touchdowns from Montgomery to where they're both hitting their ceiling. That's just not necessarily – uh, high probability. So that's why I lean away from playing both of them in the flex and, and probably going towards an AJ Dillon or a uh, Antonio Gibson, just trying to raise my ceiling a little bit there with that one. No, absolutely. I think I, I gave him the answer too, and I was in the same boat as you. I like Antonio Gibson a little bit better, especially since it is a PPR formatted league. Um, Everything that I've heard about Gibson is that he's going to be heavily involved in that passing game. It's likely that we'll see him and Brian Robinson on the field at the exact same time in a lot of those sets where he's going to be one of those primary passing options. So um, PPR, I think he'd be a great play against the Cardinals. And 
It doesn't matter if they're in a, you know, a sweat fest where they're, you know, scoring back and forth or whether it's a total blowout and Washington's just killing clock. Gibson's going to get touches. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I didn't see this one. Tyler added Khalil Herbert in there. I'm going Herbert over both of them. Mm. Um, Herbert's going to be the number one in Chicago. I'm not worried about Foreman. I'm not worried about Roshan Johnson, at least early in the year about Johnson. I do think he'll gain some traction towards the middle of the season. But for week one, I'm I'm Khalil Herbert, and I would take him over both of these guys. What what do you think if you add Khalil Herbert in there? No, I think that's a great point, um, or I guess an interesting add to the mix here with Khalil Herbert going against the Packers. I don't know if you remember, the Packers were like a bottom five rush defense in the league last year. If you started a running back against the Packers, you were sure to get like at least 80 yards on the ground on average, not to mention a touchdown or two. I like Khalil Herbert a lot against that team. And, you know, me saying that out loud almost makes you want to change my quarterback pick from the question earlier. But I just wanted to be on the other side of the aisle for me because I think <laughs> Justin Fields could potentially blow that up, too. So we can't uh, agree with everything. I know. Right. We got to we got to be on some, <laughs> some different sides here and there. But, no, I do like Khalil Herbert better mm-hmm. over them just because of that that matchup and the way that Chicago runs their offense. It is run first. So. Um, if you're in the chat with us and you have any start sit questions or any questions about uh, your your current roster, throw them in the chat. We will be sure to answer them. We have two more start sit questions, at least on the show sheet. You might have your own, Dan. Uh, these are pretty straightforward ones for you know, they're PPR wide receiver versus wide receiver, starting with DeAndre Hopkins versus Chris Godwin. Which one are you playing? Between those two guys, I'm definitely going D-Hop over Godwin. Um, I'm not sure the scenario if it's like a flex play or if this is like wide receiver two or what the scenario is there. But if it's strictly who are you going with week one, I'm going D-Hop. Baker Mayfield worries me. I don't know what the heck's going to happen there. I just refer back to his time in Cleveland where he had Odell Beckham Jr. as his wide receiver in the prime of his career, and we never saw – big games i mean we just didn't really see it that often um i mean maybe once a season you'd get a you know a vintage obj game so with godwin there in tampa with baker and mike evans is on the field too i just really want to see how the tampa passing game is going to shake out week one um not that minnesota's defense is all that great against the pass i don't think they have a ton of solid secondary pieces there that are really going to hamper that but it's really just about seeing what baker mayfield's going to do and tempering that expectation for the passing game um moving forward so yeah i mean i'm going d hop i think he's going to get fed in an offense for yep. tennessee that's exactly where i'm going i trust ryan ham Tannehill more than i trust baker mayfield that's easy as that for me don't tell james i said that um don't clip that but you know um I could see him like stopping it where I said, I trust Ryan Tannehill. And he just like stops the clip. Takes you out of context. Look, you said you trusted this guy. (laughs) Um, No, I've definitely been a hater of the Tennessee Titans this off season. Uh, But in this situation, yeah, I I trust Ryan Tannehill more than Baker Mayfield. I am going DeAndre Hopkins over Chris Godwin. All right. This one's from me. (laughs) This one's from me. And I, I, this is a, this is us playing fantasy football. We are fantasy football players who also <laughs> love to talk about it and provide our own insights. But um, 
Mike Williams in that, you know, Chargers Dolphins game we talked quite a bit about already versus DJ Moore. Also a game that we've talked quite a bit about already um, there in Chicago against, against the Packers. It's going to be my, it's going to be my flex spot. These are kind of just the the last two guys that I've been looking at PPR full point. Uh, what, what do you think here between DJ Moore and Mike Williams? I think with it being PPR full point, DJ Moore might get more targets, which could lead to more catches in this scenario. Um, what worries me about DJ Moore is that he's going to have Jair Alexander on him for most of the game. Uh, number one corner for the Packers, top three corner in the league, going to be shadowing him for most of the time. He gave Justin Jefferson fits last year in, in uh, the last game of the season, I want to say. So, I mean, that worries me. As far as Mike Williams goes, I'm going to be talking about this game all night, I feel like. It seems like every question we've gone through gets me back to the Chargers and and Dolphins game. But I think he's going to be due for a big season this year. I think this might be the transition from Keenan Allen to Mike Williams as that primary option a little bit more. And I think with Jalen Ramsey being out, there's not a lot of proven defensive backs there, at least from the corners. Um for Miami. So I think he's going to reap the benefits there. I'm going Mike Williams here. Okay. Okay. So, see, so you started talking to me and DJ Moore because I was like, oh, you know, he'll hit the screen passes. He'll get those easy targets, the short, short option targets. Uh, and then you slapped me with the Mike Williams at the end. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, I mean, I honestly think I can't go really wrong with this pick. Right. Um, I don't think either one of them is going to throw up a huge goose egg for me. Uh, I'm just trying to think through this one and see, you know, do I need some upside or should I go a little bit safer? I do think, you know, Mike Williams is probably a safer play, especially yeah. seeing DJ Moore in this first first time in this offense. But man, I just remember that screen pass he took to the house in the preseason game. Like, 62 yards, baby. Give me some of that on my, on my starting lineup here. Uh, all right, before we go into uh, a little bit more start sit, we got Tyler here, Miles Sanders or Kenneth Walker, PPR scoring format. I'm Walker on this one. I just think I like his usage more, and I don't know what to think about Miles Sanders and the Carolina Panthers yet. Like, he's got a rookie quarterback. Um, I assume they're going to give him the ball a lot, but I'm pretty sure Atlanta knows that too. So um, yep. I'm just I'm Kenneth Walker right now on this one. No, I'm with you. And, and also the Seahawks are playing the Rams defense. Obviously they have Aaron Donald there in the middle, but I'm not really worried about anyone else on that defense wreaking any havoc and stopping anybody in the run. I think Kenneth Walker is going to have a good opportunity for them to go up early and continue to p- pile it on from a fantasy perspective. So, I mean, I'm going Walker too um, here with that one for sure. I do have a question I want to run by you related to Cooper Cup for my lineup. So I originally had Cooper Cup and CeeDee Lamb as my top two receivers. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb moves into that receiver one position. So the next two spots I need filled in are my wide receiver two and my flex. So I'm looking at Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, and Hollywood Brown. Uh, Out of those three, I'm going Kirk and Moore. And I'll talk about Hollywood Brown in our start sit segment that's coming right up. And just a little teaser, he will not be in my start column. 
Perfect. That's where you I had that it. I have I him, did, did you know I had him in my sitcom? I did not. I guess I didn't look at it close I enough. I thought maybe you were teeing me up, you know? I'm like, all That's right. Me. It's, a, it's a good way to segue into the start <laughs> sit mat, you know. Yeah, let's segment. get over there. Let's but, get uh, yeah, over there. I, I, I really am. Um, I'm going to talk about this game a little bit here. Uh, the Washington versus the Arizona Cardinals, but I, I don't want to start Hollywood Brown right now if I don't have to. And you have two viable options to where you don't necessarily have to start Hollywood Brown. For sure. Tyler likes the Christian Kirk play. Uh, so we are going to get in our start sit segment here. These are kind of just – they're borderline players. Do you put them in your lineup? Do you keep them out for the week? This is a segment that we're going to run through every week, just give you one player, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And we're going to tell you a, a guy that we want to start, and then we'll tell you a guy we want to sit in a little bit, you know, kind of a rapid-fire reasoning why we don't want to play him or we do want to play him. Uh, we'll kick it off with quarterbacks. Dan, uh, I'll let you go first uh, for uh, a guy I kind of like tomorrow night too. Man, I I hate doing this whenever teams are playing Kansas City, but I just feel like this is too good of a matchup for the Detroit Lions. So I'm saying Jared Goff is a guy that you got to you gotta start him. Um, I mean, if you're looking at some of these other quarterbacks you might have taken, um, Kirk Cousins going against the Tampa Bay defense, obviously he's going to connect with Justin Jefferson, but we've seen games where he maybe puts up 170 in a touchdown and they still win. Um, so those are all scenarios I want to avoid quarterbacks like that. Tennessee's got a stout defense too, um, for Derek Carr and his matchup. Um, you know, that is, a, that is one that you could also look at. So I'm just thinking about guys maybe you took in later rounds or on like the back end of that, that session where you could put Jared Goff over, over some of those guys, or even pick somebody up on the, pick them up on the waiver if you don't like your matchup. Um, so yeah, Jared Goff against Kansas city. I think there's a good chance he puts up, you know, floor for me. There is like 20 to 23 points. Um, so I, I just feel like he's going to put up some touchdowns and, and get some yeah. yards going. I mean, highest scoring total on the, on the week, right, right out of the gate. So yeah. Um, I, I like Jared Goff tomorrow night. Um, when we talk about DFS lineups, I'll kind of talk through him as well. I've got Daniel Jones against the Dallas Cowboys. I like Jones really to get off to a hard, hot start in general, uh, for the giants and, and, you know, they're hosting this Dallas team who has a pretty tough defense. I, Daniel Jones at home. He's got new weapons, Darren Waller, Jalen Hyatt and company, uh, still got some old weapons too, and Isaiah Hodges there. And quite frankly, if I drafted Daniel Jones, uh, I, I personally probably am drafting him as my only quarterback. So I'm I'm willing to go ahead and throw him in there and uh, give him the start against the Dallas Cowboys. I'll go ahead to running back, and my running back is Raheem Mostert against the Los Angeles Chargers. No Jeff Wilson. Devin A. Chain's been battling the injuries we talked about earlier in the in the uh, podcast here. Yep. I mean, I don't think Raheem Mostert's going to sustain this like season long greatness by any means, but we've seen it time and time again when it's Mostert and he's getting all the opportunity there. He 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 shows out and he puts up good numbers for you. And I'm not afraid of Raheem Mostert. The Chargers, a bottom six team in rushing yards per game last season. I think that they're going to feed Mostert the rock quite a bit there in Miami. 
and uh, definitely willing to put him in my lineups this weekend. I love that. So I'll go with my my running back, and it's B. Robinson. I'm not talking B. John Brian Robinson Jr. for <laughs> Washington going against the Arizona Cardinals and their defense who have just been trading and cutting people. They traded Isaiah Simmons for a bag of peanuts. So, I mean, I just don't see any scenario where the Cardinals aren't the punching bag this year um, in terms of – <laughs> running back choose to start against the defense. So yeah. Brian Robinson Jr., there's a good chance commanders milk the clock away and he puts up some good uh good yardage. Would, good would you here. play Brian Robinson over Dalvin Cook? That's a good question. So as a second RB and a super flex, um I don't think I that would be really hard for me. Um Dalvin Cook I do like his upside. The fact that Brees Hall is going to be playing makes me limit his ceiling. Now, if there's no Brees Hall, then I'm Dalvin Cook all the way. But the fact that Brees Hall is going to be getting some playing time, getting some reps, likely going to be getting a lot of work between the 20s and in the passing game in those scenarios. So, I mean, I mean, there's probably I'm probably going Brian Robinson here. I think the matchup is just too juicy. Yeah, it would be Brian Robinson easy for me. I'm not a I, I don't. I'm not high on Dalvin Cook. Um, I am high on Brian Robinson. I am high on this Washington uh, team this weekend against exactly what you said, the punching bag of the NFL, <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and quite, I mean, the Jets are playing the Bills, y'all. Like, we can talk about how we think the Jets are going to be good this year. That Bills defense is still pretty solid, and I, I don't necessarily want to trust um, either one of those running backs over there. So I, I would be Brian Robinson. <laughs> Go ahead with uh, get us kicked off with wide receiver because I kind of like your wide receiver too, and you already talked about him once today. Yeah, it's Christian Kirk for me going against Indianapolis. Another, in my opinion, punching bag for opposing offenses. I think these guys like they shed a lot of people in their secondary last year. The Colts did. Um, the Jaguars are going to be. I mean, they're going to be pretty damn good on offense. Trevor Lawrence is going to be taking another step forward this year. Him and Christian Kirk, he got Christian Cook, Kirk up to wide receiver six last year um, in terms of his production. So, I mean, I'm a big fan of what he's going to do against this defense this week, and I'm I'm riding with Christian Kirk as my, my start of the week for this week. I like Christian Kirk. I – like this Jaguars team to cover the four and a half. It's just four and a half. It's nothing against the Colts this week. Um, I like the, um, I like the Jaguars there. What's up, Justin Herbert coming in from LA, getting ready for the Miami dolphins. <laughs> Do I need to start your boy, Mike Williams this week? Thanks for joining uh, the stream, Herbie. Heck yeah, man. I, I, I'm going I'm going right back to the Washington well. Jahan Dotson against Arizona Cardinals. Throw him okay. in your lineups this week. I know earlier I said, look, if it's Mostert versus Dotson, um, didn't tell you, you all that they're both in my starts this week. But, um, you know, in, in that situation, it was non-PPR, so it was a little different. But definitely like Dotson this week. Terry McLaurin was back at practice today, so that's obviously going to lower Dotson's ceiling a little bit, and we got to lower our expectations for Dotson. But give us, uh, like, 
what other better matchup? Sam Howell, Eric Bieniemy, McLaurin, Dotson, Robinson, all these guys. Like this is the perfect scenario for this newfound offense to break out and break out in a huge way against like the punching bag of the NFL, as you said it earlier. Like this is a perfect scenario for this Washington team, I think. And I I really believe Eric Bieniemy and company are going to try to showcase what Sam Howell has to really get those fans fired up um, and, and rolling. So I love Jahan Dotson this week. I think he's a high ceiling type of play. And yeah, you can definitely get out of here with like a zero because it is still the lowest scoring total on the, on the slate at 38 and a half or uh, yeah, 38 and a half. But I like Dotson this week. If, if you need a play there, I'll go ahead and finish up with tight end Tyler Higby. This one's easy for me. No Cooper cup. Higby should feast quite a bit this weekend against the Seattle secondary. That wasn't very good last year. So uh, give me some Tyler Higby. Love it. Love it. And yeah, I already talked about Gerald Everett, but that's my start of the week from a tight end perspective. Obviously, if you're not starting one of those top guys, um, I really love his potential in that matchup. And that's where I'm going with it for sure. All right. Uh, Herb says, good luck this year. Should I start Tony? Um, actually, maybe, yeah. <laughs> what are your especially, options? <laughs> especially if, if Kelsey is out, I, I would definitely bump Tony a little bit more. Um, you know, Tony and, and more are going to be the every down guys that's in MVS, but Tony and more are going to be the every down guys. Um, it looks like Rashi rice and, and, uh, Justin Ross are actually going to be more, um, special packages type players, at least in the beginning of the season. So I'm, I'm not a, against Tony, but it would definitely depend on the rest of your lineup and what your options are. Um, yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike Williams is going to go crazy this year. And uh, Justin, just giving a little good luck to the Chiefs, man. And uh, we can talk shit all year long. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> I do think that Justin Herbert is going to go off this year. Like I truly, yeah. I, I think that this, this chargers offense under Kellen Moore could, could be um, just different than what it's been in the past. I think a lot of it's going to just depend on like how much does the head coach just kind of stay out of the way and let yeah. Kellen Moore do his thing. Right. Uh, because 100%. Who knows about him? I was um, gonna say, I think Brandon Staley's job depends on it. So yeah, like just get out of the way, let let Kellen Moore kind of take this offense on. And then uh, one more thing, Justin says, should I start Kelsey? Uh, just to recap, what I said early in this the show was, if he starts, if he plays tomorrow, and he's going to be limited, and you don't get a lot of reports about him not playing a lot, then if he's limited, I'm still gonna start him in my lineups. You draft him. In the first round for a reason, it only takes one or two um, routes for him to score a touchdown, especially if they play him in the red zone, those kind of things. But just kind of monitor that tomorrow. Um, and, and from there, it's really just going to be a, a gut feel um, on, on whether or not you feel good about starting Travis Kelsey or not. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where we're at with Travis Kelsey. Let's let's move to the sits. These are the guys that we are borderline, but we don't necessarily want to play them. 
Yeah, I'll start with my quarterback here. And this is a guy that's I know some people were kind of high on him coming in this year and having a better uh, soft, a nice sophomore season. But he's going against the San Francisco 49ers. It's Kenny Pickett, their newest highest paid defensive player of the year. Nick Bosa has Ooh, a lot of potential to take advantage dude, of that dealer's paid. line. Dude, just 170 million. I mean, wow. Just crazy. 34 mil a year on average. Just an insane deal. He's going to be coming in fired up. That whole Niners defense is just full of studs. Fred Warner, obviously. Um, big piece there. Eric Armstead. I mean, you can just rattle off name after name with that with that off or with that defense. Wouldn't it be nice to just be able to, you know, have your favorite team just pay your favorite defensive player <laughs> that just could really change the game on defense? I mean, I wouldn't know. Uh, my favorite team doesn't do that, but we know nothing about it. It might be nice. <laughs> it would be really nice to get that back. But yeah, Kenny Pickett's the guy I'm picking um, for the sit this week. I don't care how you feel about him coming into this game. There's no reason you play him against the Niners. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Justin agrees with you. Um, he wishes he could swap the Bosas. Um, I actually kind of agree with that. Um, I, I mean, obviously talent wise, but even just, uh, you know, I health wise, you want to swap health, them. <laughs> health wise, um, personality wise. So I just, you know, Joey's uh something else, and uh, yeah, the Niners cat. is sick, and I agree. I yeah, don't don't start Kenny Pickett if you don't have to. Um, I'm gonna go Geno Smith, a guy that will probably be in more lineups than Kenny Pickett just off the off the start. You said it earlier, you're not necessarily scared of this Rams defense. I also am not. But man, in these these divisional matchups in the in the NFC West, the Rams, Seahawks, the Rams, Niners, Seahawks, Niners, like these games always generally become just slugfests. And I I could see that kind of happening. These these offenses is not necessarily unleashing early. Rams dealing with some, you know injuries so maybe they've tried to slow the game down a little bit obviously Pete Carroll loves to run the ball so I just I I don't really love Geno Smith this week and and I'm probably going to go ahead and sit him most often the next one I'm going to go with is Jamal Williams against the Tennessee Titans there for the New Orleans Saints the volume should be there this week for for Williams obviously um no Amar uh, Alvin Kamara. Kendry Miller is injured off and on quite a bit. So I think Jamal will be the main guy. But for me, for New Orleans to move the ball and generate any offense against this Tennessee defense, I do think it's going to be mostly through the air with Derek Carr, with Michael Thomas, Chris Olave and company, Jawan Johnson. That's that's where I think the, the Saints will find success this weekend. I don't necessarily think it'll be um, on the running, you know, with the run game. I don't think Jamal Williams is a very good running back. I think he's a goal line back, um, <laughs> but he's going to have to be out there most of the game. And I just don't trust him this week. So if, if it's me, I'm going to go ahead and sit Jamal Williams. Yeah, I don't blame you there. He, Tennessee's pretty stout in the run game. I mean, they got Jonathan Simmons right there in the middle wreaking havoc. Um is that I'm, the is that the cat we we've drafted in that IDP league and then he got hurt? 
But Jeffrey Simmons, not Jonathan Simmons. It's Jeffrey Simmons, and yes, that is the guy. The it was him, right? No, no, no. That was Harold Landry. Oh, Landry. That was right. their their edge rusher. Dude, that was which such a blow to our team, man. That that was detrimental. Man, such a blow <laughs> That's to what our that team. was. We spent a lot of capital on him. We did. Oof. But uh, but yeah, you know he he's actually going to be back too. So that's a really good point. Um, but yeah, I mean I. I don't blame you there with that one. For me, it's Brees Hall. We kind of already talked about it a little bit with, you know, the limitations there against the Bills, a good defense in prime time. There's just all of those scenarios that really just lead me to want to stay away from him uh, going into this week. And then I'll give you my wide receiver take, and it's just all of the Ravens wide receivers. I'm there's no scenario that's going to lead to me putting Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, or Rashad Bateman in my lineups this week. Just not going to happen. Now, Mark Andrews, that's a different story. <laughs> I think oh, yeah. he's going to be that guy, that constant for them in the passing game. But and and they're the the major problem for me is that they're playing Houston, so that has like blowout material written all over it, where they're going to run the ball a ton on the back end of that game. You know, maybe they surprise me. Maybe they do something similar to what they did to Miami a couple of years ago, opening the season. Lamar Jackson threw, scored like six touchdowns or something like that. Um, but I, I just don't see it being a situation where any of these Raver, Ravens receivers uh, put up good enough numbers for me to put them in my lineup. Yeah, I could see one of them, you know, potentially hitting the the, the big play. But which one? <laughs> you know, yeah. like – a crap uh, good luck you know figuring out which one it's going to be so um I, I i can i can get on board with that one i if i'm starting any of the three i would just say i'll start to say flowers over the other two if i'm start if i had to be if i had to start one of the three um i do like zay flowers quite a bit i think he looks good right now but um yeah, yeah i mean i could see them running the ball against this houston i mean houston was the worst i think run defense last year and all three of these running backs could touch the ball 20 times potentially and just get out of there with a 30 to 10 victory. Yeah. <laughs> Easily. Um, Not to mention and, the carries Lamar Jackson's going to get. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah, it doesn't, I don't, I don't blame you there. Uh, I'm going with the aforementioned Hollywood Brown here against this Washington team. Josh Dobbs is the starting quarterback. He was signed last week. Y'all like, the guy, the guy was signed, and Colt McCoy's cut, and Clayton Toon is a now backup, and Josh Dobbs is the quarterback. Like, no, no thanks. The total is 38 and a half. I think Arizona expected points is like 13 and a half, 14 and a half, somewhere in there, if my math is right. So I don't love that. And don't <laughs> love Hollywood Brown this week. Like this just feels so bad. Thirteen and a half. Oh my god, that is just. I'm insane. yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where that's they haven't where had a at. point total that low for a team since 1920. Oh <laughs> like, I'm pulling yeah, that just out of a hat, but I know. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's very very low, and it's not something you want to uh, you want to touch this week. So. Um, I don't want to play any of my my Cardinals, but Hollywood is like the guy, and um, so he might be somebody you're looking at starting. For yeah. me, I'm sitting Hollywood, and then my tight end I'm sitting is Greg Dulcich against the Las Vegas Raiders. I think this is kind of a trap for you because 
Jerry Judy might not play. So then everybody's going to be looking to find like, what Bronco should I play? Right. Jerry Judy's not playing. It could be Greg Dulcich. I just want to avoid this situation right now. If I've got Cortland Sutton, I'm going to go ahead and play him. But I kind of just want to avoid this Denver situation. I want to see something out of this Broncos offense um, because they were bad. Russ was bad last year. And not to say he can't be good still. And I think Sean Payton's a good coach. And I do think they have a lot of weapons here. But I, I want to stay away from Greg Dulcich this weekend against the Las Vegas Raiders. Yep, and then my tight end, I'm staying away from his Pat Fryer move. Now, I'm really high on him season long. I think he has a lot of potential this year, even with Darnell Washington in there um, for Pittsburgh. But him and Pickett, you know, they showed they have a really good relationship in terms of their on-the-field chemistry. And <clears throat> so long-term, definitely a guy that you want to keep on your team. But this week against the Niners, man, I just see them destroying yeah. Pittsburgh, and I want no part of it. Well, we have a couple more segments here to go. Um, a new one, really. This this next one's going to be kind of new. It'll be a little bit fun. I actually am kind of pumped for this. If you're in the chat with us, thank you so much for hanging out. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. And um, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I really don't <laughs> think Josh Dobbs does decent this week. Is Jim playing? I also don't like any of your other quarterbacks, but. I guess you just go Russ versus Jimmy G and hope that that game has a little bit of shootout. <laughs> but no, I, I don't like Josh Dobbs uh, this week. Um, hit that like, hit that subscribe button, share us with your friends. If you're listening on the audio uh, version, thank you so much for being there. Please rate our podcast and uh, feel free to come over to the YouTube channel on Wednesday nights at 8:15. Dan, high risk, high reward. Talk us through what our what we're doing here with this segment. Yeah, my man, this is going to be one player each week that we highlight that has a questionable scenario. Maybe the floor is super low on this player, but just the scenario going into this specific game gives them a very high ceiling. So, I mean, this could be because of an injury, which I think mine is heavily related to. This could be the matchup for that given week. Um, just all of the different factors that kind of weigh on in on this particular player put them in a scenario where you could end up getting two three points from this player or you could end up getting a 20 burger from them um so I, i'll start with my guy and just kind of talk you through my thought process here it's for tomorrow night's game travis kelsey i don't see a scenario that sees him line up and play any meaningful snaps at all i'm going with sky Moore here Kadarius tony's nursing that injury as well so that's that's a potential for him to maybe even be on the snap count. Um, a lot of talk about him taking a leap forward this year. They're going against the Detroit defense, which I am not scared of. Highest total on the week. There's all these scenarios here that just have Sky Moore kind of poised for a big breakout type of game. And if he ends up being the number one guy that Mahomes is looking at, then especially this week, then you're going to be feeling pretty good about it. So I'm all in for Sky Moore as my high-risk, high-reward player of the week. <clears throat> and I know we talked about him a little bit earlier it. too, but. I love it. No, I mean, I, I <clears throat> DFS-wise, I'll have, I'll have some Sky Moore for sure tomorrow night. Um, I think that 
depending on what happens with Kelsey, I, I honestly, I don't hate putting a guy like Sky Moore into an MVP spot, especially on like on DraftKings, you know, you got the, the money savings there because he's going to be cheaper. So you have a cheaper captain on FanDuel. It doesn't matter, but for the money, but nobody else is like, <clears throat> I could, I could probably get him at like one or 2%. And you, you love that high ceiling that I think Sky Moore brings to the table. Uh, my high risk, high reward player of the week is going to be Cam Akers against the Seattle Seahawks. No Cooper Cup. There's no one behind Cam Akers to take any touches away. Like none of these guys are really getting great camp reports. Seattle, a bad run defense. Opponents ran the ball on 47% of their offensive plays last year against the Seattle defense. That was the fourth highest run percentage in the league. I think Cam Akers sees 25 touches. Potentially, you know, he could maybe get over the 30 mark. Uh, and really from that, it's just going to be all about what he does with them. Is yep. he the Cam Akers of old uh, or is he the Cam Akers of old, last year old? Um, that's <laughs> kind of the question for this week. I do think he's going to have massive, massive opportunity. I just don't know what he can do with it yet because we used to see he was great. <laughs> and right. then last year, not so much. And then at the end of last year, he really got into it again. So um, that's kind of why I think he's high risk, high reward, because he's going to have that volume for sure this week. Yeah. And he's such an enigma to me, especially with last week. <laughs> Mike uh, Williams. Justin says high- Mike Williams. Yeah. Uh, high, risk, high risk, high reward. High reward. That's like yeah. every week, though, with Mike Williams. Right? I, I feel like that's season long. Yeah. Uh, high risk, high reward for Mike Williams. You just never that's know. That's where I, I think I'm looking, you know with some of these start sit questions, like some of it is what else do you have? Do you have a bunch of guys you feel really safe with? Right. That, you you know, you just kind of like, all right, this guy's going to get me double digit. This guy's going to get me double digit. Do I need another 12 pointer or do I want a guy that can give me 30? Right. And we know Mike Williams can definitely go up and give you 30. Um, thanks for being in the chat. Keep those chats coming tonight. Uh, yeah. I like the high risk, high reward plays. Those are those. Will, I think those will be fun, and we'll we'll have to kind of track them and see how we do the the like next week. We'll have to talk about how oh, yeah. we did this week. Well, we that was my one of my favorite parts about coming into the following week is just kind of seeing where everybody placed wide receiver two or whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of weeks where you and I just like cleaned up, and then a couple of weeks where we got our clock clean. So, oh yeah, um, fantasy that's football. Always, that's fantasy football for you, absolutely. So we'll move it into our streams of the week. It's early in the season. Obviously, we haven't even kicked off week one yet. So this is going to become more and more important as we kind of move through the season, as we navigate buys and different matchups and injuries. Um, You know, we'll have a little more insight, especially when it comes to the first position that we're going to touch on, which is quarterback. So tell us about who your stream of the week is for QB this week, Trevor. Yeah, this week, uh, going right back to the well. If you haven't heard me say it yet today, <laughs> I love this Washington offense against this Arizona defense. Right? Uh, I talked about it when I talked about Dotson, and I, I really think that this is an opportunity for Sam Howell to have a like a mini coming out party here against this terrible Arizona Cardinals off- our defense team, really. Uh, and I think that Arizona is going to be a team that we're going to target a lot, whether it's streaming quarterbacks 
whether it's streaming defenses, uh, anything we can. We're going to target this team. Sam Howe in the preseason, 28 for 37. He was very efficient, 265 passing yards, three touchdowns. Really liked what I saw out of him. Sounds like Terry McLaurin is going to have a chance to play this weekend. So that's going to you know boost Sam Howe even more. Look, don't go out and throw this guy in against you know some of your top 12 type of quarterbacks. But if you're in a deeper league or maybe you didn't draft a quarterback and you're just straight up streaming all season long, I think Sam Howe's a good starting point this weekend. No, I love that. Um, I think there's definitely a chance for him to build some confidence for the long haul here against that defense too and really acclimate himself to the NFL. You know, unfortunately he had that injury last year and didn't get to play. So um, this is a good opportunity for him for sure. I'm leaning towards a guy that I kind of talked about earlier because of his matchup against Tennessee. But I think if you're looking at streaming quarterbacks, you really are kind of limited on your options anyway. And I think the weapons that Derek Carr possesses in New Orleans is better than the majority of the situations that some of these other streaming type quarterbacks are going to find themselves in. And I think that's going to help bring a little bit more positivity to him. Now, Derek Carr is not going to be a guy that rocks a stat stat sheet typically, um, but you know he's safe for, you know, maybe about a 20 point outing. So if you're in a scenario where you just don't like your your matchup, Derek Carr is available in most of the leagues that I'm a part of, and they're anywhere from 10 to 14 people in those leagues. So definitely worth picking him up as an option for a stream this week. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier, right, Jamal Williams. I didn't like him because I think they're going to move the ball through the air. Yeah. Tennessee's pass defense was not very good last week, last year, and – it seems like Derek Carr and Michael Thomas are kind of hitting it off a little bit. Derek Carr looked all right in the preseason, so could be a good good starting point here. Um, defensively, I'm going to go with this Jacksonville defense over the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> Rookie quarterback. I mean, any what what defense are you are you running? Uh, let me look before you have to say anything out loud. Okay. Oh God. Of course. I love your defense. Yeah, I was like, that's why uh, I started laughing. I was like, of course we did. But uh, any, any defense that you're running against a uh, rookie quarterback in this first week, like Houston, Carolina, Indianapolis, all these teams are going to be running out their, their rookie quarterbacks. I love playing the defenses against them. It's our yeah. first game out. Uh, the, the NFL is a different game than the, than college. And not to say these quarterbacks are not going to be successful. Everybody knows my love for Anthony Richardson. Uh, but for week one with no running back, really, um, not really sure who your running back's going to be anyways. Uh, I, I just, I, I could see Anthony Richardson making a few mistakes here and there and this Jacksonville team taking the ball away quite a bit. So I uh, like the Jags. No, absolutely. And then I'm, Taking the other punching bag, we've just been just crushing these guys. I'm going with Washington against the Arizona Cardinals. The big thing for me is that they just brought back Payne, their defensive tackle. Um, he got paid. They got they get Chase Young back from that ACL tear. They still have a solid group of linebackers, a solid secondary. Um, the, their safeties are some of the most underrated in the league. Um I just don't see a scenario where they don't attack Josh Dobbs in the backfield, especially with that weak offensive line that Arizona has. Uh, they brought in Paris Johnson 
which was a big ad in the draft for, for Arizona, but they also shipped out a lineman just last week. And they have some another one that retired in Rodney Hudson at center. So there's a lot of turnover on that offensive line. And I think there's going to be a little bit of a turn style situation going where they're attacking Dobbs quite a bit, causing pressure. And if they're not getting sacks, there's a good chance they're forced to turnover. So not many points that are going to be scored in that either. So you don't have to worry about that. I mean, a sh- I think a shutout is in play. Yeah. Um, with this particular 100%. matchup. So. 100%. Um, that's our streaming quarterback and defense of the week. One more segment here. Uh, so kind of your last chance to be in the chat to get your last minute start sit questions in. But Dan, last year we, we brought the we, we brought our listeners a, a little bit of a DFS sprinkle each and every week. This year we're going to be doing the same thing, but we're going to give out our our Thursday night lineups. Right, um, you'll give out your DraftKings lineups lineup a lineup i'll give out a fan duel lineup because they're they are they play a little bit different and then of course if you love dfs please check out my show on friday nights at 8 15 the rumbles are red i will be talking through the sunday main slate every week um over there or right here on the bite size sports but over on my show and uh we'll talk through that on fan duel but dan DraftKings single game showdown, whatever they want to call it over there. Let's talk through your lineup. <laughs> yeah. That Thursday night, single game showdown. Um, instead of an MVP on FanDuel, they call it a captain. So you get the 1.5 times on their, their score. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes as my captain at 12.2 K. Um, I just feel like, you know, it doesn't matter who's going to be lining up out, out there. Mahomes is going to get his, especially when you're talking about the lions defense, Big fan of him for that game, um, for that game on Thursday night. Jared Goff had to plug him in there as well. Um, I think there's a lot of good offensive skill players that can pop off here, but I feel like I had to include both of these quarterbacks because of the value that I was getting on the back end for some of these other skill players I think could could come in and do some damage. So that puts me at 14.1 with Goff. Um Amon Ross St. Brown had to plug him in there. I think he's going to be just a force as long as he's healthy. We've seen him miss a couple games here and there, but nothing super long-term. And Jared Goff loves to throw the ball to him. He's going to get a lot of targets, putting him in at 10.2. Following that up with Sam Laporta, who I talked about earlier, he's at 5K. 5k total sky Moore, who i talked about gotta have him in the lineup i think he's his value here is immense especially when you're looking at Kadarius tony who is about seven grand in this particular budget you can get sky Moore for about two and a half grand less so at 4.8 you put sky Moore in the lineup and then i'm rounding it out with noah gray at 2.4 with the chance that kelsey does suit up i still think noah gray is going to end up getting more play in this offense more opportunities that leaves me with about a grand left of my budget and i feel like i put together the best lineup out of anybody yeah um i love the gray play you're gonna see that on mine too um i think that i definitely played a little different where i try to avoid the quarterbacks in the captain the mvp spots just because it's so popular mm-hmm. um, that I, I want 
I want to be able to take advantage of that time that the quarterback's not the, the guy, right? Um, so the way I went about it was I I built a lineup here that I'll actually show you all. Uh, I built the lineup that I think that um, has a chance to to be really really bad, but also a chance to be pretty decent. High and risk, that's kind high of the reward. Way, it's kind of that's that's kind of the way I play. I always play these. Uh, on FanDuel, they're they're a hundred player leagues. There, you literally have three. It's a three entries and top twelve, and it's five dollars, and the payout's one hundred twenty five up top. And I've taken it down many times over the the course of the last couple of seasons, but I'm gonna go Amon Ross St. Brown and my MVP spot here. FanDuel is different than DraftKings. If you haven't played on either one of them before, DraftKings, you you know, although you get one and a half points per captain spot. You also have to pay one and a half the salary. So you are spending a little bit extra. FanDuel does not make you spend anything extra. So it is heavy, heavy quarterback MVP because you don't really have any salary savings there. It's all the same. It's just pure points. Um, but you still get the one and a half point differential. I'm going Jared Goff and Jameer Gibbs on Detroit side. I kind of played this with no Kelsey. And if no Kelsey's in the lineup, maybe the Chiefs rely on the run game a little bit more. We did see Detroit get destroyed by the run game quite a bit last year. Uh, so I go with the same Noah Gray, 5,500 on FanDuel, and then put in Isaiah Pacheco here at 11.5, leaving me 3,000 on the table. But, man, it's so hard on FanDuel to get both of these quarterbacks in the lineup. Uh, you, you, you can't get – Essentially, you can't get ASB, Mahomes, and Jared Goff. If you do that, there's literally nobody else left. Even if you take Noah Gray um, at 5,500, you're still way, way down there. You can't get Sky Moore. He's too expensive. Uh, that would have been the play. Uh, so that's that's kind of my thought is like if Kelsey's out, maybe I omit Patrick Mahomes and they, they just lean into that run game the first week. So that's where I'm going for my – Thursday night showdown lineup for week one chiefs versus the Detroit lions. Mm. Dan, what happens tomorrow night? Man, I think as far as the game goes, it's going to be a shootout. There's going to be a lot of points scored. I like, you got to paint the picture. You're, you're sitting up in the crowd. Yep. I'm up in three Oh eight with my boys. The chiefs drop the, the, the drop the banner. Oh man, I feel goosebumps come through because the banner, we didn't get to see that the first time around. You feel the fire from the players coming out of the tunnel. Literally, you feel the fire. The heat, literally, (laughs) you feel the heat. And then, you know, Andy Reid does what he does best and defers and the Lions get the ball first. And um, that's what happens (laughs) to start it. After that, it's just going to be a slugfest, I think, where, you know, if if the Chiefs win, it's because Mahomes did everything that Mahomes does. And I think if the Chiefs lose, then there was a key turnover somewhere and the Lions were put in a position where they could run some clock. Well, uh, our boy John says Chiefs by 11. All right. So, uh, and uh, Herbert says, Jack Campbell is going to be laying some wood. So, 
Um, we'll see how this goes here. The the Chiefs defense is a little suspect. I would agree, especially without Chris Jones in the middle. But I've said it all week long. I'll say it one more time. I think the Lions put up 31 points on the Chiefs tomorrow night. I, I, I really don't know that the Chiefs are going to stop this team. But I do know that the Lions have no shot of stopping Patrick Mahomes. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if Mahomes put up 40, 42, 45 mm-hmm. points. Um, with or without Kelsey, obviously with Kelsey makes me feel a lot better about that. Um, <laughs> but I'm going uh, Chiefs by double digits and 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 way over, like way over the 52 and a half tomorrow night. Nice, perfect night. It's going to be nice weather. Um, I hope that you have a blast, my friend, and soak it all in. It's going to be awesome for you. I will uh, be sitting on my back patio, <laughs> enjoying some libations and. Uh, some cheese dip and just really taking it in with my boys, Let's go. Uh, my boys, my little boys, uh, different type of boys than what you'll be taking it in with uh, <laughs> at the game. But no, man, I just want to say like, seriously, enjoy it. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. And uh, Hey, world champions, baby. World champs. World Come on. Champions. What you guys know about it. What Let's you know go. about it. Let's go. Absolutely. No, I hope you enjoy it with your boys too. Cause I mean, just the fact that they're their age and they get to experience this ball club doing what they're doing. It's, I mean, something that you and I can relate to nothing that we had the pleasure of doing when we were kids. So even a little bit. So I just love that you get to experience that with your, with your boys. Um, so that's pretty awesome. I hope you enjoy the game as well. Get, get cuddled up around the TV with some family get some barbecue going or whatever the food of choice is. Obviously we're going to have some chips and dips, some Rotel going over there. So that's going to be awesome, man. I'm so excited. Um, Not just for the chiefs game, but to get this freaking season off the ground and up and running, we're going to kill it this year in ADP. Um, I hope you guys come along with us for the ride and really just kind of tap into everything and interact with us. Cause at the end of the day, you know, best part about fantasy football and what we're doing here at this platform is creating a community um, all of that's done because of our partner in Bite Size Sports. So make sure you're following them on Twitter and and joining the discords and really getting involved with that because the family within that community extends beyond football too. So it's rare that I find someone that's only interested in one sport. Yep. And um, there's really so many great creative people affiliated with with Bite Size, and luckily you and I get to be a part of that. So. Really pumped to get things going. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well at Dan underscore TF40. Trevor, you got anything for the people before we get this thing kicked off? Uh, Yeah, a couple things real fast. Bite Size Sports has dropped their first Bite Size NFL pods. Um, so we've got Bite Size Steelers, Bite Size Vikes, uh, Bite Size Titans, I think, is so about to go up. So make sure you go and follow that over on our YouTube channel at Bite Size Sports. And uh, there's also an audio feed, Bite Size NFL. Just check that out. There, there are you know some of our guys talking about their favorite teams, man. Uh, what can go wrong there? Just kind of hearing from our guys and gals just about who they love in the NFL. Um, I promise you, Tyler, they will never be Cowboys fans like you. Don't know how that happened. Hey, follow me on Trevor S underscore FF. Join the Discord, y'all. Join the Discord seriously. Uh, we're active in the Discord. We're talking football all the time, talking fantasy football all the time. 
and if you want to branch out, like Dan said, we got basketball, baseball, college football stuff going on as well in the Discord. So jump in the Discord, have a lot of fun, be a part of the community, uh, follow us everywhere you can, and and truly, I hope that you enjoy your first week. Good luck to all of you, and make sure you take your Thursday night players out of your flex. Yep. <laughs> Heck yeah. We'll see you guys. I need to know everything. Who in the what and the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you'll be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk, so I'm letting them.